How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Today I'll be in Revelations chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And it's a real powerful Uh, statement from Jesus. All right. Well, let me read Revelations chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now here, Jesus changes the tone uh, from praise to rebuke and he says some pretty strong things first he states I have this against you uh, what a shattering statement put yourself in the place of the members of the our Ephesus church God just declared that he had a problem with us he's not happy with us in our in one particular area think about this God has an issue with us and that sounds pretty uh, unsettling and downright dangerous for the state of our soul or you know and it is it is somewhat that we should wake up from our state and move us into action. What is it that he has against you, uh, the people of his church? He makes it very plain and clear. You have left your first love. For some reason, uh, even up until I started studying this, I always misread that or my mind did the statement to mean I have lost your first love or you have lost your first love because I thought that's what happened. I had it once and then life circumstances and somehow lost it uh, among many things that compete for my attention. And the word in Greek for left, your first love, means aphelimen or alpo, which was away, and hilmen, which was send or to send away, leave alone or to abandon, to let go of, to permit, to depart to release or discharge. Therefore, Jesus is saying, you have left or abandoned or sent away your first love that you let it go from you. Somehow when you say, I have lost something, it's not as bad as, as if you had sent something away or abandoned it or, or left something. The implication of losing something is that you were not aware of what you were doing and just happened without your knowledge and just well, I don't know, I just lost it. That involves you, that you were aware that you were doing something and made a choice to send it away when when you uh, left something. You do it on purpose, and that's how you lose your fire. But Jesus had another opinion here. He says, we have left it, not lost it. We sent it away. We made a choice to not have it anymore or to abandon it. We tend to blame life and circumstances for our loss of the fire, the spiritual fire. But Jesus said it's our own fault. We allowed the circumstances to push us around and abandon the passion for Jesus and give priority to other things and choose to leave prayer a prayer place and abandon the studying of his word. And we allow distractions in our life instead of abiding in Jesus or doing God's will. Let's say it plainly. We choose sin against God. It is also important to notice that the Greeks say this about the, the term first 
in your first love. Uh, we tend to understand it to mean the love that you had at the beginning of your faith at the start when you began your first walk with Jesus. In some translations, it even translates like the love that we had at first, uh, but it also means first and foremost up front and, and number one is it's very important uh, that our walk and our, our talk is up front and, and the most important thing. So first can count as being the most important thing or the number one thing. You know, if you come first in the race, you know, that's number one. Uh, if you're the first to finish eating, you're, you know, you're done you, before everybody else. So number one means being up front, being uh, uh, main important, you know, uh, completion and all that. So therefore, Jesus is not saying you have left your first love when you came to Christ. But he says you have left your first love that you shouldn't. It should be the most important thing in the priority in your life. Do you see that the, this correct understanding gives the verse a different meaning? It definitely connects with, with what Jesus was saying about his most important commandment. Love the Lord thy, your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's from Mark 12 and 30. He is basically saying you are doing most commendable things but you have stopped doing what I've told you to do which is most important to love me as your number one priority as your most important thing in life the one thing we should put first above all ministry work is, is Jesus and do it for him he tells them the next verse that leaving your first love means that you have fallen not fallen from grace but fallen from the place where God expects us to be in our relationship with Him. We know this because He says, Remember where you have fallen. So abandon our most important thing in our relationship with God is our love relationship with Him. It is the falling away in His eyes, in the eyes of God. Jesus, as usual, does not convict us. He shows us the way out of our sin. He gives us a solution. He says, Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. So the recovery from the fallen state has three step is a three-step process. Number one, remember. Number two, repent. Then number three is the most important is to do. So we let's talk about remember. First, remember and remember what? Jesus tells us to remember where we have fallen. In other words, he is saying you were once really in love with me. Go back in your mind and, and to the time and think about it and how that looked and felt. How did you live when you, what habits did you do that you no longer do? What things were you doing that kept you in love with God? Did you maintain that love connection on a day-to-day -day basis, an hour-to-hour -hour basis? Did you talk to Him constantly? Did you uh, have praise and worship on? Did you... Uh, read the word did you you know try to talk to him when you're in a relationship you really want to know the other person and do you seek out god i actually did some uh, a few years back when i felt like i wasn't exactly where i was with god I, I took a notepad and a pen and asked god to bring some things back into my remembrance that defined and fueled me in being in love with him and soon after the list i i realized that i things i had stopped doing 
things I did that I had abandoned along the way. I needed to repent. I got tricked by the devil by allowing circumstances and life and cares of the world and desires for other things to choke out that love that I once had for God. I sinned by not being as regular at my times with God in the studies of His Word and worship music that I no longer played in, in my normal environment in my house, my car, on a regular basis and was not feeding my soul with Christian books and videos and fellowship. One thing that really helped me was uh, getting in our Bible study and we worked and studied and, and really seeked God and His Word and that helped and, and then you surround yourself with great Christian people and that helps you too. You you bounce you glory off of each other uh, when you come together. So uh, if you don't have a Bible study, get one or find one or start one. I became very natural in my approach to life. I was pecked down with the chickens when I could fly with the eagles. I have fallen from the most important thing, a loving relationship with God. Yes, I still served Him and, and His church and did a lot of things for Him. I love people and even suffered for Him. And you could say I look pretty good on the outside as a Christian. Yet God weighs our hearts. And when He does that, the number one thing He wants to find out is our continual loving relationship with Him before any service for Him. So we have to have that personal connection with Him. So please take the time to ask God to show you things that you used to do for Him when you was in love with Him. When you were at the height of your relationship with Him, then stop doing it. Write them down with diligence. Uh, be tough on yourself because uh, you're the best critic that you have. And if you and God can work it out, then nobody else needs to put their nose into it. Now that was uh, the first part about uh, remembering. Now we're going to talk about the second part, which is repent. The second step to recovery is repent. To repent means to realize that you are walking in the wrong direction. To make the decision to change that and do a U-turn and start walking in the right direction. It doesn't mean that mentally, uh, a mental assessment that you are doing wrong or in God's right. It involves taking action actions to remedy the situation and return to your initial place uh, where you had been with God. In other words, it involves some action for you to once you decide to change direction. Uh, that's when step three comes into play. And remember, the first one is re remember, then repent, and do your first works. In other words, implement your repentance, do the works befitting to the repentance, and which repentance uh, will be completed. Ask, next, ask God in the represent, uh, present situation to, that you find yourself, how to implement your repentance into your daily life. What would that look like? What would it fit into your schedule? And what would you do uh, to change your schedule? Most of us say we're very busy. Uh, so to add some things to do to our already 24-hour full schedule involves uh, some kind of change. It involves giving up something that we're, we're already doing that should be less important. I would usually go uh, for cutting out things in order to uh, that I do that makes me comfortable to escape reality or other things to keep me busy uh, that are not that important. Things I might be doing that I use as a distraction from the real emptiness in my heart. Anything that I use to fill myself to replace 
The lack of God must be cut out and cut off the list. Get rid of it. Those are things that take place of God in our life. If we truly are sincere and by asking God, we know that the activity will fit into a category for us. They should be different from everyone and they use our good things in themselves and turn bad because we use them in the wrong reasons to fill them up or for the lack of God. Uh, most people that are on drugs or alcohol, they're searching for something to try to fill a void and we know that void is the lack of God. So if we as Christians are doing something or are, are involved in something and we're searching and we find ourselves uh, trying to fill some kind of void, we need to go back to God because He's the void that we're looking for. Uh, not just uh, those that are outside the Christian life, but the Christians will uh, put stuff in too. Now, uh, it could be escape through shopping, sports, computer games, watching TV and all those apps on your phone. Too much for us to focus on fitness or too much time spending with friends, killing time too much on social media. Remove some of those things that will fill your empty heart that you should have been filling with God or may not be able to deal with them all at once. So asking God for a strategy to help you and give you the wisdom and the plans and the implication of your repentance. Number three is to do your first works. The usual trick of the devil when he comes and implicates changes is always to convince you to do something later because you're too busy right now and you can't do it. In my experience, when God speaks to your heart to do something, it's in your best interest to act right away and, and be on top of it. And we look in the Old Testament all the time when he tells somebody to move, they move and they get blessed. So if you God tells you to do something, you go do it, you're going to get blessed. Word of repentance, when it comes from, to us from God, is also filled with grace, with grace to will and to do it. Uh, Rhema literally means an utterance or a thing said in Greek. And the word signifies action of utterance. This is so because God works in us both in will and to do His good pleasure, and His Word is alive and contains the power to fulfill it. If we start delaying, the Word starts to lose the impact on our hearts, and we might even forget about it if we put it off. There is an abandonment in the word uh, rhema, word when it is given. The more we postpone it and try to, uh, to do it, the less grace we'll have with it, and our hearts lose interest in the word or even forget it. And that's because so many voices speak to us daily on our own and from other noises of the world. It is easy for the word of God to be crowded out and not be treated carefully. Jesus said this in his word, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever has to him shall be given, and whosoever is not from him shall be taken that which he seems to have. And that's Luke 8 and 18. It's important how we hear God speak. In Proverbs, God tells us to incline an ear. In other words, be intended or make an effort to hear well. Focus on it and give it your total attention. If When we hear well, we let our desires take effect what is God's intent for us to do, meaning that it will bring us into repentance and do the work befitting uh, the repentance in this case. So God says, now you got it. It's all yours. It's become a part of you. And now you have. You can see in the scriptures above uh, how this works. Whosoever has, to him shall be given. And whosoever has not, from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. Therefore, how 
you hear is determined on if you get anything or not. God promises to be faithful to hear well and those who hear well and apply his word to, that he gives them more and more. But warnings to those that take his word for granted, for they will start to lose everything that they ever had. You can't be stagnant on God. If you don't move forward today, you're actually backsliding and doing nothing. In reality, you're not doing nothing. You're refusing to implicate the word that God has spoken to you or given to you, and it's fallen into the devil's uh, trick of postponing things. Thanks be to God that he is patient and gives us time to repent. If you want best results for implicating changes God is asking, the best way to ask him is for a strategy. Take one point from your list and ask him to implicate it help you get implicated. He will usually give you a reasonable and achievable plan and how to insert it into your day by day. I'm not saying this will be comfortable or easy, but it will be achievable and it won't lead into stress and panic. One of the last things about this passage is that it sets aside from another situation in the Bible. Jesus says, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from the place unless you repent. Jesus usually is very patient with us and gives us a good amount of time to repent in his mercy. But in this particular request, returning to your first love or love relationship with him, uh, because this is the most important thing that he ever wants from us. He shows his feelings towards us and remaining in the state of religious routines without proper, proper connection to him. He finds it so grievous to be dis disconnected from us that he feels like he can't tolerate this state any longer. It hits too much of the heart for his desires and he actually died for us to reconcile and to be reunited in a loving relationship with us. Therefore, he warns the church of Ephesus and through the word us as well, if we don't repent, he will act quickly with consequences. He won't delay. This state of disconnect with, from God is so grievous to him and so serious in his eyes that he can't just sit and wait forever. He has to act and his only zeal is to drive us to act and he is jealous for our affection. He commands our service, but it will not rest until he has all of our heart and affection. He wants and expects nothing less than a personal relationship with each and one of us to be our own top priority, or our main goal. Let's give him the satisfaction of gaining the reward of his suffering, our love. Time to get to work for God. No time to waste. We need to get back to our first love, God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Thank you, and we'll end this in a prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you for your uh, boldness and for your uh, openness and, and your uh, your strength, Lord, and, and your uh, ability, Lord, to call us out, Lord, when we're wrong, to help us, Lord, when we uh, seek you. And we thank you, Lord. Put us in the right path, Lord, and help us to gain footage and, and uh, return to that first love, Lord, that you want us to have our personal relationship with you and put you first in everything we do and all of our heart, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you in your holy name we beg. Amen. Thank you all, and I'll talk to you later. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show 
podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more within minutes of finishing each recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.